We read today from the Hebrew Bible, from the book of Nehemiah, chapter 8, and uh, despite what it says in your bulletin, I am reading through verse 12, 1 to 12. All the people gathered together into the square before the water gate. They told the scribe Ezra to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given to Israel. Accordingly, the priest Ezra brought the law before the assembly, both men and women and all who could hear with understanding. This was on the first day of the seventh month. He read from it, facing the square before the water gate from early morning until midday, in the presence of the men and the women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. The scribe Ezra stood on a wooden platform that had been made for the purpose. And beside him stood Mattathiah, Shema, Aniah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Messiah on his right hand. And Padiah, Mishael, Malkijah, Hashum, Hashbadanah, Zechariah, and Meshulam on his left hand. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it, the people stood up. Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, lifting up their hands. Then they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Also Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akub, Shabbatai, Hodiah, Messiah, Kelita, Azariah, Josabad, Hanan, Peleah, the Levites, helped the people to understand the law, while the people remained in their places. So they read from the book, from the law of God, with interpretation. They gave the sense so that the people understood the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the Lord. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat and drink sweet wine and send portions of them to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites stilled all the people, saying, be quiet, for this day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink and to send portions and to make great rejoicing because they had understood the words that were declared to them. In the 6th century BC, the army of Babylon destroyed the kingdom of Judah, including Jerusalem. They took the most skilled and able citizens as captives to Babylon, where these Jews lived in exile until Cyrus the Great of Persia conquered Babylon and allowed the Jews to return to their homeland. Later, back in Babylon, a Jew named Nehemiah learned that the citizens of Jerusalem were struggling. He heard that the wall around the city was broken down, its gates destroyed. Hearing this as a call from God, he traveled to Jerusalem and led the people in rebuilding the wall. That was a 100-word summary of the history that we need to approach the book of Nehemiah. But we turn to Scripture not for summary but for depth. Ideally, for understanding. We turn to Scripture to understand something about God and also something about ourselves and especially something about the relationship between God and ourselves. 
So let us get past the summary and look in Nehemiah for some details that might afford a glimmer of such understanding. Certainly there are details. For example, the details of how that wall got rebuilt. Chapter 3, start to finish, is a list not only of the people who worked on the wall, but also the portion that each household repaired. Azer, son of Jeshua, repaired a section opposite the ascent to the armory at the angle. After him, Baruch, son of Zabai, repaired another section from the angle to the door of the house to the high priest Eliashib. And after him, Meramot, son of Uriah, son of Hakaz, repaired another section from the door of the house of Eliashib to the end of the house of Eliashib. Golly. Honestly, these names are hard to read, and the whole chapter is like this. I'm not sure what it contributes to our understanding. Maybe we'll find more as we get closer to today's text. Let's try chapter 7. In this chapter, Nehemiah enumerates the restored community with a genealogy of every family that came back to Jerusalem from Babylon. For example, the descendants of Parosh, 2,172, of Shephathiah, 372, of Ara, 652, of Pahath, Moab, namely the descendants of Jeshua and Joab, 2,818. Verse after verse of this. Why is it important? You know what? Let's just move on to today's text because that tells us about a party. The work on the wall is done, and the people do what we would do to celebrate a big accomplishment in our community. They gather. And just as we would put the scriptures at the heart of our gathering, so do Nehemiah's people. Gathered at one of the city gates, they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given to Israel. And Ezra read from early morning to the middle of the day to an assembled crowd both men and women and all who could hear with understanding. That last phrase apparently a reference to children of a certain age. Now, I don't know how old they thought a child had to be to hear with understanding. But what I can tell you is that understanding is central to this text. The words understand, understood, understanding appear over and over. Indeed, this whole story turns on whether the people properly understand what they're hearing. If they don't understand, this celebration will collapse. Did you hear the part where that almost happened? It's a little hard to catch because it sort of comes out of sequence. Here's how it goes. Nehemiah, who was the governor... And Ezra the priest and scribe and the Levites who taught the people said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Have you ever had good news fall flat because someone misunderstood what you were saying? Maybe that's what's happening here. Here is Ezra at the center of the celebration doing just what the people asked him to do, reading the words of the law which the Lord had given to Israel. 
Just the other night, I heard Dixon Kinzer, the rector of St. Paul's, break off from a lecture into rapture about the fact that the law was a gift. He said the people were saying, oh my gosh, you mean you're going to tell us how to live in this world in a way that brings like justice and hope and peace and freedom and goodness and I can sleep well at night? Thank you. What a gift. Wow. But poor Ezra. The words he was reading did not produce the reaction he expected. Instead, the wow from the people of Israel seems to have sounded more like, wow, we have really messed up. Wow, we've made so many mistakes. Wow, we are really, really terrible people. The people wept when they heard the words of the law. Apparently because when they measured their lives against the words, the gulf just seemed too great. A wall around Jerusalem they could build. A bridge between their actual lives and what God seemed to desire for their lives, not so much. What they understood from their hearing was, we are doomed. Can this party be saved? It can be, and it will be, through the ministry of interpretation. In Nehemiah's community, there's a whole class of priests, the Levites, who are tasked with the ministry of interpretation. We have already seen them at work in this passage. We have even heard their names, Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akub, Shabbatai, Hodiah, Messiah, Kelita, Azariah, Josabad, Hanan, Peliah, the Levites, helped the people to understand the law while the people remained in their places. So they read from the book, from the law of God, with interpretation. They gave the sense so that the people understood the reading. When Nehemiah and Ezra and the Levites see the people sinking into despair, they spring into interpretive action. They tell the people that their response to the words of the law should not be grief, but joy. Like Dixon Kinzer said, it's a gift. Go your way, says Nehemiah. Eat the fat and drink sweet wine and send portions of them to those for whom nothing is prepared. The right response to a gift is celebration and generosity. Do not be grieved, says Nehemiah, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites carry this message through the crowd, and at last all the people went their way to make great rejoicing. Why? Because they had understood the words that were declared to them. Strength comes from joy. And joy comes from understanding, and understanding comes from interpretation. Now, where does interpretation come from? Out of today's four assigned lectionary readings, I chose to preach on this text, not so much because of what was in it, but because of what I was supposed to leave out of it. From time to time, the compilers of the Revised Common Lectionary will shorten or focus an assigned text by leaving out some verses. Today's text from Nehemiah was originally prescribed as chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, verses 5 through 6, and then verses 8 through 10. 
And of course, that just made me curious. Well, what about verse 4? Where's verse 7? Why didn't they make the cut? Well, if you look in the Bible, you'll see those verses are just names, the hard kind, easier on both the reader and the hearer just to leave them out. But someone long ago thought the names were important, important enough to write down on scrolls, which any scribe could tell you is not an easy job. Scribes over centuries had to copy not only those names in verses 4 and 7, but all those names of the people of Jerusalem, the parts of the wall they rebuilt, and all the names on the census with all their genealogy, because they were important. That list of the builders of the wall, put it all together, verse after verse, name after name, armory to angle to the house of Eliashib, and you realize, in this massive project of community restoration, everyone has an exact place and makes a very particular contribution. And that census with the genealogy, well, Jerusalem is clearly one of those places where a kid cannot get away with anything because everyone knows not only his name, but the name of his parents and his grandparents and all the rest, and what portion of the wall they rebuilt. Within the walls of Jerusalem, everyone has a place, a family, and a contribution, which is to say everyone is known. Everyone matters. The reason all those names are important is that when you gather around the word of God, it matters who is there. It matters name by name. Everyone's experience is important. When the community gathers around its scriptures, they must hear not only through their own experience, but through everyone else's as well. Understanding comes from interpretation, and interpretation comes from the life of the community. Interpretation comes from each person's labor on that wall. From the time the stones just seemed to fall into place, and the time when nothing went right, and the time when the work went so badly that lives were lost. Interpretation comes through the death of grandparents and the birth of children and grandchildren, both the ones who grew up to give birth to more children and the ones who did not live a day. The details that afford understanding are in all the success and all the loss, all the hopes and all the disappointments of a community. Nehemiah and Ezra and the Levites drew on all of that human experience to tell the people that God's intention was not to destroy them, but to keep them and to take delight in them. There was no reason to grieve over their weakness because the joy of the Lord, the joy that God takes in creating them and in being present with them through it all, could be their strength. All of our experience is important to understanding God and ourselves and the relationship between God and ourselves. That was true in the days of Nehemiah. 
As we heard last week, it was true in the days of Paul when he wrote about how the Spirit is manifest in each member of the church for the common good, and it's true today. Understanding God's Word for the community requires interpretation through the life of the community. As Andrew, commenting on Paul last week, said, the gift of the Spirit in each and every one of us makes possible a divine disclosure, a revealing of that which we can only come to understand because where two or three are gathered in my name, says the Lord, there am I in the midst of you. As I said, it matters who is there. And it also matters if someone is not there because someone else thinks their names didn't matter. We should be alert to every opportunity to put names back in. You never know which guy with a funny name is going to interpret something God said to you so that you go away grieve, not grieving, but rejoicing. Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akub, Shabbatai, Hodiah, Messiah, Kelita, Azariah, Josabad, Hanan, Peliah, the Levites, you, me. Together we read from the book, from the law of God, with interpretation. It is our lives that give the sense so that the people can understand the reading. And when we understand the reading, we go away rejoicing because together we have understood. Amen.